Hey, this is Jen Swanson from Communication Diva, and you are listening to Chasing Dreams with Amy J. Welcome to Chasing Dreams Podcast with Amy J. Amy believes that realizing a life without regrets is achieved by taking chances, chasing your dreams, making moves, and overcoming your doubts. The Chasing Dreams Podcast will help you overcome life's obstacles, believe in your potential, and inspire you to face your fears. And now here's the woman who is passionately pursuing her dreams, Amy J. Hey, Dream Chasers, this is Amy J, and you are listening to episode 111 of Chasing Dreams. Today, I have my new friend, Jen Swanson, on. Communication Diva is her tongue-in-cheek name, as she is a podcaster and author. Jen doesn't actually believe anyone can be a diva of communication, but she does passionately insist that we could all do with a little practice. And boy, is she right. Through her podcast, public speaking, workshops, individual coaching, ministry, and recently published book, Jen lives out her personal mission statement to connect, encourage, and empower others and to help people know they can. And she has kindly taken some time on her day to come out and talk to us. And I am so grateful. Guys, welcome my new friend, Jen. Hey, Jen, how are you? I'm great. Thanks, Amy. I'm so glad to be here. You know, Jen and I had a great laugh just a few moments ago because talking about communication, I could not do the intro. I mean, you guys hear the polished version. I had two great uh, takes that, you know, cracked her up and cracked me up, too. I don't know what happened. (laughs) But speaking of communication, I could use some help, Jen. Uh, Communicating today (laughs) apparently is going to be a struggle, but we connected at Podcast Movement over the summer, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Her and I, I saw you walking by with a sign. I, I was walking by with the sign. I saw them sitting down and I think you guys invited me over to sit with you. You and Katie uh, had said, hey, want to join us? And I was like, yeah, I'm here by my lonesome right now. I'd love to join you. And we talked and man, you have such an eclectic background. <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> Is that that might be um, a subtle I might be underestimating or underselling this, but you have done a lot with your life. Is that fair to say? I, I guess that is. And when people ask me what it is I do, oh, that question is hard to answer because I do a lot of things. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. And so let me, let's me let let's take it back. Let's go down memory road for, for a minute, memory lane, if you will. What was your initial dream? My initial dream was to go to acting school. I have had a passion for the stage and the theater since I was, you know, playing with my dress up box when I was five in the living room kind of thing. So I really I did want to go to acting school. I went to um, theater class, drama class all through high school, and it was my passion. And are you doing that today? I am not. (laughs) Yes, because but besides that, though. You, you're doing what you love today, though, right? Can we say that? I am doing what I love to do today. And it, it is varied and and kind of different, but I do love it. Because I, I don't want, I'm like, spoiler alert, guys, she's doing what she loves today. But let's go back and see what happened 
Because that's not what ended up happening for you in the beginning, right? I mean, so what, what did you do when you didn't go to acting school right away? So I didn't go to acting school because um, it, I didn't have parents with a lot of money. Um, and I didn't have the encouragement to pursue something that was in the arts because it wasn't a guaranteed outcome, a guaranteed living. So um, I didn't have the support to do that. And I didn't know what I wanted to do. And my mother was a nurse. My grandmother was a nurse. And my mother said, why don't you go into nursing? And I said, no way. I don't want to see all that guts and gore, <laughs> yucky stuff. And she I'm said, well, you. then yeah. She said, mm -hmm. why don't you be a unit clerk? And I said, what's that? And so I went off to college and took my nursing unit coordinator or health unit coordinator or nursing unit clerk that's called many different things, uh, training at the age of 19. And I walked into a hospital with my piece of paper the day I graduated and got hired on the spot. And I worked for 23 years in the hospital system. And I finally gave that position up in 2009 so that I could chase some more dreams. So 23 years in this uh -huh. position, were you uh -huh. happy? Well, five years in, I was board stiff. Okay. And uh, I mean, it's a very busy job. I mean, you're, you're liaison, you're the liaison between the medical staff, the doctors, the nurses, and all of the other services. You're at the desk, you're in the middle of the fray. Um, if, if you're old enough to remember MASH, you're basically Radar O'Reilly. Uh, you know, you I have do. to do it, do everything for everyone. Um, but, um, I, you know, it was like, okay, what's next? And so I met someone who taught the program and I said, how do I become a teacher in the program? Cause I really like to teach people how to do this. Cause I think, I can do it pretty well, and I'd love to share that with other people. So that sent me back to college, and I got my uh, – I live in British Columbia, Canada, so it got my British Columbia uh, BC instructor uh, – what is it called? BC instructor diploma. It's a college. The thing you have to have to teach college. So I went back to school, got that, and I started teaching medical terminology at a university – and for another 23 years, at three different post-secondary institutions, I taught the unit clerk program. And I just finished that about a year and a half ago when our department was downsized and half of us were laid off in a restructuring. And that ended my being in the actual classroom doing college teaching. But I did love it. So this is the interesting part because that wasn't your initial dream. You got bored and you found a way to do something you enjoy at the same time. Yeah. And so I worked half time in the hospital and then I taught the other half of the time. So it wasn't like you were struggling or you were unhappy for 23 years. I mean, it sounds like you found a way to make that work and then you chose to stop so you could pursue another dream. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I guess I get bored. Hey, um, I had raised uh, a family and um, the hospital was great, but there was still something calling me. And one day I worked my last three years in the hospital system. I worked on palliative hospice care, um, palliative care, end of life care when people are have a terminal disease and are dying. And I was sitting there one day and it suddenly occurred to me that I didn't want to be behind the desk dealing with the paperwork. I didn't want to look at the guts and gore and be a doctor or a nurse, but I really 
wanted to be sitting with somebody at the bedside in a pastoral care kind of role. And I had been doing leadership in my church and, and, you know, I had preached once or twice. And so that set me off on a seven year part-time back to school, (laughs) off to seminary to do a master's degree in public and pastoral leadership. And again, because I had, you know, I had jobs, I had different things going on. I had to do it very, very part-time, which is hard. It is hard. Now, the other thing that's hard is, was it common? Is it common in your community for people to go back to school like that? It it actually is where I where I live. Okay. There there are um, you know I did feel like I I mean I was going back to school in my forties right I did feel that I was older in the classroom than some of the other people but in the denomination I'm with the United Church of Canada and in the denomination I'm in an awful lot of the ministry staff is second career or third career. So there are more and more people who have done other things who have come back to graduate school. Uh, you have to have a master's degree um, in, to be ordained and um, and have come back and done that. So I eventually gave up the hospital, which was hard because I'd had that job since I was 19. It was my home. I gave that job up and got a, a part-time job teaching or being a, a children, youth and family minister in a church which was then my practicum and uh, was still going to school and still teaching. So that was the next, the next phase. Did you, did you have free time? <laughs> so I'm excited. You're, you're naming it as you're listening. I'm like one, two, three. <laughs> She's still going. I mean, like I how did you balance all of that with family, free time, your mental sanity? <laughs> well, you know, it was, I've always done the juggling thing and it's, it's just normal to me to not just have one job. But I did, there were times where I would have to just take a break so I didn't crash and burn. And yes, I did have free time. I mean, these were part-time jobs. And one of them was 15 hours a week. Um, and the other one was 12, I think, although the, the teaching, I had to bring home marking and stuff like that. But I could at least be at home for that. So there was a flexibility in both those jobs. Whereas when I was at the hospital, you had to get there at seven and you weren't finished till three um, or whatever the shift was, you had to be there. But in ministry and in teaching, there was a bit more flexibility. And uh, yeah, there, there was there, there were moments when I thought, especially when I had school on top of that, there were moments when I thought, I just can't read another thing. I don't want to write another paper, you know? Yeah, no, I mean, uh, yeah. been there, done that. Mm-hmm. You can only do so much. I mean, mm-hmm. it can be exhausting, repetitive, and just draining on you, especially when you have other things that one may interest you, two, are taking up your time as well. And you just kind of, at some point, people will blow over. It'll it'll just bubble like a little volcano. Yeah, it's it's been a, a real learning um, a real learning curve as far as self care goes, and looking after yourself in the midst of and and setting boundaries and being able to say no. And I can't do that. You know, I, you know, I'm really good at X and it would be really fun to do X, but I can't put one more thing on my plate. So I've had to get really quite ruthless about that at times. And when you get ruthless though, do you, do you, are you ruthless with the caveat of 
I'll pick that back up later? It depends on what it is. You know, I used to, I was, you know, I would be on sitting on this board at my church or I would be, you know, on this committee doing this. Um, I, I still loved theater all, all the way through my teenagehood and my young adult, you know, and even into my middle years as an adult, I would uh, be part of a murder mystery group or, a, you know, a theater company and I would do stuff. But I had to sort of gradually stop saying yes to every fun thing that came along and uh, and let a few things go and and sit down and figure out, OK, what's my priority? I mean, of course, my family was my first priority, and, but they were very busy people, too, with lots of exciting things. And the funny thing is my two eldest kids are theater degree, like theater school graduates. (laughs) They went and lived my dream. (laughs) The irony here is- I know. I know. Is strong. Now, did you see yourself? Did you? That's interesting. So I actually want to talk about that for a second. The fact that they lived your dream, did that help? Well, you know what? It was their dream. It really, really wasn't. But what my, my, I did not want to thwart them in any way. I wanted to be supportive and encourage them. And I always wondered what would have happened had I gone to theater school, had I had that opportunity to live out my passion and my dream and Mm -hmm. then what, you know? And I, so I didn't want to say, oh no, that's, that's not a real job. You won't make a living doing that or anything like that. Because they wanted to try it. So go for it, you know, live, chase your dream. Exactly. <laughs> and, and they're both, uh, still doing amazing things. You know, Katie's on stage every few months doing some show or another. And, uh, and my son, Ben is currently working behind the scenes in the film industry. Uh, but he still has his eyes set on heading to London to be on stage. And, and they're both strong, amazing, confident, people that you can put into a room with a five-year-old or a 95-year-old and they'll be, you know, you know, passionately able to carry on a conversation. (laughs) So I think it's done them both well. Have you, was it a joy for you to see it unfold within them, your own dream? I mean, because your dreams changed. Maybe that wasn't as strong uh, as they were pursuing it, but what was it like to kind of see it happen? Here's a dream that you wanted to pursue and you didn't really know what it would be like. And then to see it unfold within your children, what was that like? Uh, well, you know, the, the big goal is always to make mom tear up. And mom tears up pretty regularly when I'm sitting in the audience watching them do their thing. Because they love it and they're good at it, you know. Um, and so, so I'm the one with leaky eyes that sits there super proud and cheering them on and uh I always say our, our younger two kids also um, are uh, competitive dancers. And so I say that my husband and I are super experienced audience members. And I'm just, just very happy to be that great, you know, um, cheerleader of an audience lead, uh, audience member. Which is fantastic. But you're not, you're no uh, seat filler there. I mean, <laughs> and you're no seat filler in your own life. I mean, because after all of this, you were still doing more stuff because you went ahead and put a podcast together. I mean, that's how we met podcast movement. I mean, how did, yeah, you, you, how did you discover that world of podcasting and why go into it? 
So in in 2011, I was still I was still teaching at the college, and I was working. Um, was I working? I guess I was working at the church a little bit and going to school. So I had, you know, my juggling thing going on. But when I was teaching at the college, I was teaching mostly 20-somethings who were going into healthcare. Every once in a while, there'd be a second career person who would be in there who's a bit older. But most of the people I was teaching were um, these, these really young, out of high school. And I had uh, one of the courses I taught was human relations skills or communication. It was a 30-hour course. Well, 30 hours is not enough time to teach people uh, all of the ins and outs of communication. I mean, you can take a degree in it and still not be brilliant at it. So that's less than a week, right? 30 hours. Yeah. I mean, it was spread out. It was three hour class. So it was spread out, you know, twice a week, they'd get six hours of communication a week kind of thing. But I was very frustrated because people, the the students had all these questions, their essays would come back to me and and I'd want to follow up with stuff. Mm -hmm. And so I thought, you know what I am seeing. And the more I taught years, year after year after year, the more I realized there was a need for people to learn how to communicate more effectively because it changes lives when you when you teach somebody how to use their eye language and and it reduces conflict in their relationships. And, you know, I mean, it's it's powerful stuff. So I but I, I thought, well, what can I do? I could start a blog. And then I thought, what are you know? I thought at the time all blogs were mommy blogs, and I thought that's not of interest to me. But then I found Pat Flynn and smartpassiveincome.com, and thankfully I found him first and started learning that blogs could be so much more and that you could teach people how to do things with a blog. And then I discovered his friend, Cliff Ravenscraft, who has since become my friend. And Cliff is the podcast answer man. And that was his website. And I learned about podcasting. And I thought, oh, my gosh, I have to do this. And this was 2011. And I, I put out my 10-minute first episode after some coaching from him on, I think it was December of 2011. Wow. That, I mean, looking back on it, you know, today's 2017 as of this recording, looking back on all those years, what was that like? I mean, can you believe that you did this? Well, I think about it now and I, I think, what, what was I eating for breakfast? My goodness. <laughs> um, but, you know, it was very much a hobby back then. It was my little fun outlet. Before that, I used to be a scrapbooker. Remember that phase? I used to do the the photo scrapbooking. But, you know, this was creative in a different way. I had to learn technology. I was not a, you know, I was not an 18-year-old. I had to learn all this stuff that I was, I'm not a digital native. I'm a Gen X. So I had to figure out how to make a website and how to do all this stuff. I didn't have any money to pay anybody to do it. So it was really, and I love to learn, right? So it was a really good learning experience. And, um, and it, you know, I would do it regularly and then I would stop and then I would do it regularly. Then I would stop. Mm. And, uh, and I joined a mastermind group for podcasters, Cliff's mastermind group and met some amazing people, went to a few, uh, before podcast movement started, I went to New Media Expo. I spoke with a panel 
at uh, in Vegas at uh, Blog World, I think it was. So, you know, I got involved with this world of podcasters and met some phenomenal people. And um, and so I'm I'm hooked. It's addictive. It so is. <laughs> I mean, it's addictive. It really is addictive. And for me, I, I know the experience has provided me with memories and opportunities I never imagined I would have. Have you had that experience, whether it be uh, opportunities, memories, just, you know, feedback from people that you never expected? Have you had that happen? Absolutely. I mean, I I, I took a, a year off from the teaching in 2014 and ended up writing a book uh, on communication for you know the first three months of a new employee's life. You know how to how to handle your first three months, and and that would not have happened without the podcast and without all the questions I was getting on the blog of what should I wear and you know I all, all so I was filling a need that came directly from the experience of podcasting and and then speaking getting to speak in front of people and you know on on stage in Vegas when I, when we were at the podcast movement this summer in Anaheim um I took part in the the PMX uh, competition and spoke on stage in front of a bunch of people um, there. And and just recently, I have been invited to speak at a uh, uh, a big dinner for a bunch of uh, physicians and their partners. So the speaking gigs are coming, and and I've been able to talk to some amazing people on my show. Um, yeah, it's just it's opened a whole new world. And. It- you know, and it's funny because it took you looking around, you found Pathlin, which led you to Cliff Ravenscraft, which led you down this path of podcasting. I mean, now that you've been in it and you've done it, it's addictive. Any other plans for this kind huh. of a, a thing aside from the speaking gigs like Facebook Lives, video series, anything like that? Well, what I, what I, uh, thanks to a webinar I attended that Pat hosted, uh, in 2016 in the summer, I discovered because my teaching had ended, which was quite devastating really when you're laid off from a job that you love to do. And my niche, my niche in that is so small that there are only so many programs around that I could teach in and I wasn't doing the job anymore. So really to be authentic, which I'm all about that in, you know, I, I'm, it's hard to teach something when you're not working in the industry anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as the technical medical stuff goes, I discovered this webinar and it was for an online teaching platform. And I had done online teaching of medical terminology in the college system and I loved it. And I discovered teachable.com. And so within 48 hours of attending that webinar, I had my first course up on my website. And I am now on a little adventure of teaching people again, only doing it through my own website and uh, this fabulous teaching platform. So I've, I'm doing that as well as podcasting and uh, and speaking and coaching and all of those things. And this makes up my half-time work and my other half-time work in 2014, I finished my degree and was ordained and I am Reverend Jen actually. (laughs) And I'm working half-time with a small congregation of people 
whom I love. And uh, it's great. It's a great life. That's fantastic. Congratulations. Thank you. Now, what I love most about the story is, uh, you know, laid off from teaching something you love, completely understand, devastating experience. And here you found a way to bring it back on your own terms, nonetheless. Mm -hmm. And does it feel different doing it now on your own, on your own site, you know, doing it your way? Because when you teach, you're, you're kind of responding to someone else, working for the man, so to speak. Now it's your own terms. Does it feel different? It does. I mean, I had, I had admin support and technical support when I worked at the college. You know, I had a whole IT department that could make things happen if I wanted something tweaked on the, on the site and all of that. And now I have to do that myself. Um, I also had a, an amazing administrative person who uh, booked the course, filled the course, you know, set the students up, did all of that stuff. I now do all that myself. But I have such freedom doing it myself. And just yesterday, I was recording a podcast that came out this morning. And it suddenly occurred to me as I was I was creating the script that this should be a free course to help people. And so now uh, my husband's like, what are you doing now? I said, well, I've got another course I'm going to create, you know, and uh, and it's exciting. It's fun. I want to spend my whole time doing this, but I, I can't. <laughs> I gotta ask, are you gonna slow down anytime soon? <laughs> you know, you sound like my mother there. <laughs> oh, I tried. I channeled it. I was like, uh, what what familial relationship would ask this question? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you know, um, maybe I I know some very amazing uh elders who are not slowing down yet. Well, one of them has to slow down right now because she's had a little bit of a, a surgery, but um, she is one of my inspirations and she is going to be 104 in, uh, at the end of October. So, you know, I have some pretty amazing role models out there. I'd say so. It, and the question wasn't a, Hey, you need to slow down, but it's amazing. Cause some people, and you seem to be one of them feel no need to slow down. You know, that you're energized, you're passionate, you know, this is what makes you happy. In fact, probably slowing down would be detrimental to you. Yeah, it might be. I mean, again, my, my mom, who I love dearly, said to me, you know, you just turned 50. When are you going to slow down? <laughs> and and I've, I, I was kind of offended by that question. I thought, what, well, what for? I've got lots to do. And, you know, who knows how much time I've got left to do it in. So, you know, you get to that, that a certain age when it's like, okay, I want to do all of these things and and share the, the gifts that I have and how can I most effectively do that to help people, right? So that's that's sort of where I'm at now. And yeah, the body slows down and uh, and sometimes tells me to stop. So mm -hmm. if I can, I clear my schedule for a couple of days and lay low and, you know, play in the garden or go for a walk or whatever. But um, it's, um, yeah, I always need to be doing something. And that's not a bad thing. I mean, the thing is, right, you're passionate about what you're doing. You love yeah, what you're doing. I that's do. A, I mean, every. I think there's been such a long passage of time where it was all about the nine to five. To think about doing anything outside of a nine to five was unheard of. Then slowly these non-traditional careers started popping up. Then people having uh, jobs that were online 
were popping up, people doing multiple multiple jobs, making livings, being successful. Like all of this changes people's mindsets. And still, there's a good number of people, especially those uh, who are Gen X or, or older, who are not familiar with that life. And it's like, wait, but that's, what do you mean you're not retiring? People retire. Oh, you don't, you, you don't have to retire? What? And it's <laughs> interesting, right? Because now this is this new world. And I think what you're doing is inspirational for other people to say, hey, you don't have to be traditional. You don't have to retire. You don't have to. If you want to do something else, it's not too late. And you're showing that through all of the things you're doing. Yeah. And you don't have to stick to one thing, you know, like if you, if you're, if you're stuck and part of what I do in the work that I do online is I help people who want to change careers and, and, you know, feel that they're stuck and they're bored. And, you know, I so know that experience. (laughs) So, so then what do you want to do? You know, what, what is your passion? What can you make work for you? And what will make you excited to get up in the morning and go to work? Because I I love coming to Communication Diva stuff and working. You know, I spent half the morning this morning on my Facebook group, um, you know, making a video on how to make tea. But it was fun. (laughs) So, you know, um, what will get you out of bed in the morning and make you excited to go to work? Because that's what the world needs are people that are committed and excited and passionate about what they do. We've all seen the person, you know, you walk into a, a, an establishment, a store, a hospital, whatever, where the person can't stand their job and you can tell they're just going yep. through the motions, mm-hmm. right? Well, that's sad. That's so, and I, I get that sometimes people are stuck financially in positions they don't like, but if you have a choice at all, if there's any way you can take what you love to do and turn it into a paying gig, go for it. I mean, the other benefit is, I, I think what you said about people not being happy, you find your mindset changes, your mindset for your work, my, your mindset in life, how you treat people, how you treat, how you treat life when it comes at you. I think changes when you change your mindset and you do something you're passionate and and love. Yeah. Because, you know, you know, what kinds of things do you like to volunteer to do? I mean, there's always things that you're going to do because no one else wants to, but, but the things that you say, yeah, I'll do that. I really want to do that. What are those things? And what is it about that that lights you up? So it doesn't have to be that very thing, but what is it about that thing that excites you and lights the fire in you and look around. Is there something that you can do and get paid for that, that does that same thing to you? Now, before we go, there are two things I want to do. One, tell me a little bit about the book you wrote. Ah, it's called what they see, how to stand out and shine in your new job. And it was a long time in the thinking about because I had thought about it when I was working in the hospital because I would get very frustrated sometimes with people who weren't doing their job in a way that was professional or in a way that was helpful. And then when I was teaching the students, I was very big about being professional and being helpful and being pleasant and, you know, because you're representing the organization you're working for. And so I was trying to communicate all this stuff in the classes that I was teaching, which again, were too short. So I decided that this book would be a useful hand guide, like a little, it's short, it's only a couple hundred pages. It would be easy to read. It would be a bit sassy, a bit funny. And it would be aimed at high school or college grads 
who are, you know, maybe need a little extra, you know, how to show up the stuff that you carry with you communicates something. So maybe don't have, you know, that lunch bag that says whatever that says, you know, how are you representing yourself and what messages are you sending? And you want to line all that up with the message you do want to send. So it's, it, that's what it's about. It's helping people to be themselves and to represent themselves authentically. I love that. That's such a, such a need. Yeah. I thought that's what I, I thought it was in my own teaching work. I saw that it was a need and it's been very well received. A lot of counseling and school departments and libraries have it now. So it's, uh, it's been a lot of fun and it's been a journey in its own right. Now, is that the first of many books to come or other books? I don't know. I'm kind of on this, uh, on this online course thing right now. So okay. we'll see. <laughs> so you're not ruling it out. I mean, cause I'm again, ruling it you got no, so- I might write a book of poetry or something different, you know, but oh, that'd be cool. Yeah. Well, the other thing I wanted to ask was what is one thing you would recommend or one action you would recommend a dream chaser take today in chasing their dreams? I would say set a goal. It's one thing to imagine a dream. It's another thing to actually write it down or tell somebody you're going to do it, which then adds a level of commitment. And if it's a great big giant goal, like writing a book or starting a podcast, break it down into, you know, tiny steps and do one thing today. Like what is the one thing today that you can do? And when I did that very first 10 minute podcast, I was inspired by another woman named Anna Sophia Reinhardt, who has a podcast about eating disorders. And her very first podcast was 10 minutes long. And it wasn't great either, her very first one, and neither was mine. And my inspiration was done is better than perfect. And she got it done. And once the first one was out, you were kind of committed to do the next one. And that was my model. And I did the first one. And if you listen to the first one, it's pretty horrible. I'm thankfully, <laughs> I'm thankfully at episode 143 now. Congratulations. As of, as of today. Thank That's you. fantastic. But, but I got it out there. It, it, you know, it was kind of scary hitting that publish button. It went out there. And so that was the first step toward my goal. So if you've got a goal, a big goal, make it real. Tell somebody, write it down. And what are you going to do today to get yourself that tiny little bit closer? Love the advice. Love the advice. I love love everything about it, especially done is better than perfect. Yeah, and that's not mine. I can't remember who said that first. I, I have co-opted that from somebody. I can't remember who. Somebody far wiser, I'm sure. But uh, I love that. I heard that somewhere and it's, uh, I stick with that. There you go. Well, Jen, thank you so much for taking time out of your day to come on the show and share your story. So inspirational. I can't wait to see what you have going on in the future. My pleasure. Thanks for inviting me. And there you have it, guys. Jen Swanson. She is such a wonderful person, a new friend who I am happy to have met. And she's doing some amazing things. And she's a giver. Okay. She is also given a free five-day jumpstart your job search challenge that you can get. Uh, the link is going to be on the show notes page. So you can find it there as well as uh, an invite to her private Facebook group. If you would like to join the diva community, why not? Right. And so you guys can find all of that and more about Jen on the show notes page over at chasing dreams, slash episode 
111. That's episode 111. And until next time, guys, two things. One, remember what Jen said, credit to whoever said it, done is better than perfect. Okay. And two, keep chasing. Thank you so much for listening to Chasing Dreams. Amy would love to connect with you and hear all about your pursuit of chasing your dreams. Connect with her on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram via at Chasing Dreams HQ. Or you can find Amy on Twitter at AmyJ21. That's A-I-M-E-E-J-2-1. Be sure to visit headquarters over at ChasingDreamsHQ.com for more inspiration, motivation, and resources to help with your own dream chase. We hope you'll join Amy next week. And until then, keep chasing. Keep chasing.